Hey everybody, welcome back to Voices of Construction with Noah Baker. Hope everybody's staying safe and staying healthy out there. As you can tell, um, I have a bit of a stuffy nose and not sounding too good. Um, but test results say I'm COVID free, so it's just a good old fashioned cold. Um, so today on our holiday episode of Voices of Construction, we have Mitch, and Mitch is actually the Director of Sales and Business Development over at Top Deck, a new partner of ours here at TouchPlan. We have a great conversation. He has some great history in the construction industry, going from being a PE, a PM at Swinerton, all the way to working in technology. We talk a lot about his, his change and, and how he views construction technology and where the industry is gonna go. Um, but I'll let him tell you in his own words, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Again, thanks for joining in, and happy holidays. Thanks for jumping on, Mitch. How are you? Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. I got, like, honestly, like, a little nervous, like, about 20 minutes ago, and then <laughs> I was like, relax, relax, oh, you're yeah. good. But if you do hear anything in the background, it's probably my puppy running around like a psycho. Um, yeah, I gave her I gave her a, a treat to hopefully keep her uh, occupied, but you, she may make an appearance at some point. Yep, no worries, no worries. I have an 85, 90 pound, one and a half year old golden retriever sitting at my feet right oh, now. There you go. Yeah, yeah. so mine's uh, she's probably about 30 pounds right now. She's a five month old lab, yellow lab. Uh, perfect. So yeah, she's a little puppy, so she's kind of psycho, but yeah, all right. Gatsby Gatsby's thrilled with me because I've brought live trees into the helm, you know, ah. he thinks it's a brilliant idea. We should do it year round. <laughs> Big I'm proponent. Sure. Uh, cool. So um, what, I, what I'd like to just kind of kick it off, you know, I know and and everyone will know after our intro that, um, you know, you, you guys at, at Top Deck are doing some cool stuff, but I wanted to get to know you, Mitch, a little more and kind of hear hear your story i know you were at swinerton for a while um how you how you got into construction and and where you found yourself moving over to the the dark side of technology from <laughs> from the field um uh, but yeah i'll let you kick it off from anywhere in life you you want to begin and, and we can go from there yeah right on so i mean it really goes back to when i was a kid um and, you know, my my dad's in finance, like I, I've got no one in my family that's in construction, right? That's, um, you know, older than me that I learned from or kind of followed in their footsteps. It was just kind of something that I took a hold of. Um, all my toys as a kid growing up were construction. I mean, I had tractors, this, that. And I just have always loved working with my hands. Um, it's just something that brings me joy, whether it's, you know, woodworking or cooking, um, anything like that. It's just has always piqued my interest. So. Uh, after high school, I went to college. I studied mechanical engineering um, at Loyola Marymount University in LA. Um, so I did that. And then from there, I actually had a family friend who uh, I got connected with uh, my senior year who worked for Swinerton and um, got me interested in that. And, you know, I had done internships uh, during my college years at design firms. I specialized in HVAC. Um, and so I did that for a couple of years. It was cool, but I mean, sitting behind the desk just really wasn't my cup of tea. Um, you know, I, I liked the science behind it. I liked the engineering, but it, it wasn't something that was going to keep me ticking for the amount of years that it needed to. So um, when I, you know, I got connected with um, 
this family friend. He took me on a job walk uh, at one of the Swinerton jobs, and uh, we did that. I instantly was like, "This is this is what I want to be doing." So I interned with them um, that summer, and then uh, I went full time right after, and then ended up in their uh, high rise division, uh, building high rises in downtown LA. So I did. Um, I started at this one uh, 10,000 Santa Monica, which I spent only about a month on. Um, that's a 40-story, and then I moved over to a 18-story uh, in Koreatown, and then um, I did a few other random odd jobs in between there, and then um, the last one I did was a 36-story in downtown LA, uh, which is a condo building on 4th and Broadway. So that was kind of my my stint at Swinerton, and I loved it. It was, um, it was about five years total, and it was incredibly challenging. And I love the industry. I love the energy of everything. Um, but then, yeah, so things just kind of took a turn about a year and a half ago, actually two years ago um, when I was on that job. So now we're now we're here and I can get into that as well. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 absolutely. I mean, first off, I think it's 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 fairly rare. I think you might be the only guest that I've spoken to that didn't come from like a long line of construction professionals i feel that the industry yeah. i mean i don't know what you see but on on all of my calls i see like you know my grandfather owned an hvac trade or i was in the <laughs> right. trades i went into the gc or you know my entire family has been in the union for forever which is a funny thing we could probably spend about three hours dissecting the reasons why but <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know if that that's perfect for for right now but yeah i mean and and you found yourself working in construction, thinking about moving um, to to top deck, and I'm I'm really interested because well, yeah, so I'll, I'll jump into that. Uh, but let's let's rewind a little bit from what you yeah. were saying. Yeah, it's funny. So me and my brother, um, my brother Matthew. I mean, I'm a mechanical engineer, and he's a civil engineer, and it was like came out of nowhere. And so it's funny, like both of us ended up being engineers that came from a line of no engineers at all, like people in business and sales and whatnot. So um, I, but construction is one of those industries where it's very, uh, I think it's, I mean, personally, it's family oriented. Like a lot of people follow in their footsteps just because it is such a hands-on thing and they grew up um, experiencing that, you know? And so, yeah, I guess we're kind of, we kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, but, it's, anyway. definitely, um, yeah. it's a, I think there's a lot of things that attribute to that. I think one, it's it's a lifestyle. So similar to kind of like police officers, civil servants, they're up early, they leave early. It's something that you see right. growing up in the in the in the way to do things. You see a type of work and a, a type of mindset towards life and work um, that can be very positive. And I think people fall in in that realm. I also think yeah. a lot of the construction companies that you probably run into and I run into are employee owned, right? They yeah. they have yep. family barbecues. They spend a lot of time with each other. A lot of the big, you know, community, big community. Right, exactly. So yeah. it's, it's interesting. It's fantastic. And it's something that um, I hope doesn't die off in our, our industry is that that sense of camaraderie and like the, the overall family right um well yeah i mean it's true passion for what they're doing you know it's and you're really working at swinerton does an incredible job of that i mean it's uh i mean it's a fantastic company to work for and, and working for them it's like i still am in contact with 10 to 20 people that i worked there 
uh, with, you know, and, and we're best friends still, you know? So, um, and I think that's unique to the construction industry um, just because of its roots and what you're doing, you know, it's, it's so much different than a financial company where you're out there for profits and whatnot. Not that, you know, obviously everyone's got to make money, but I, I just think it's, you know, working with your hands and it just, it's a different type of person that's doing the job. And it kind of feeds into that very family oriented, um, you know, unity in a sense, right. community. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, it, so, it, yeah, go ahead. sorry, no, no, no. It, it feeds into kind of the, the start of this entire podcast and we've, we've spoke, you and I have spoken a little about it, but that's something that I, I think people outside looking in don't, don't really see um, that often is I think out of, the majority of industries, whether it's finance or whatever it may be in construction, there's, I mean, of course, like you said, everybody's got to make money. Everybody's got to put food on the table. Um, but you see a, that, that fire that keeps people going in a job that is hard as hell, right? It's not like easy right. to wake up at 4.30 every morning and deal with all this exactly. shit they got to deal with. But yeah, it, it comes from a pride of changing their cityscape or building a community or building a new school for people who need it or building a children's hospital and right. supporting their, their coworkers instead of, you know, I, I went to work today and I made a grand, you know, and that that's something in my life that I saw a lot of, and I'm just not like that. So I really resonated with that, but right. it's, it's, I'm happy to hear that that is that's something you see as well. But I'll digress no, and we can go we can go back to you and and your change over to technology. Well, that's I mean, what we just talked about is really going to feed into kind of my change and and where I saw you know, my career is providing the most value into the industry that, you know, means the most to me. So, um Top Deck, I got introduced to Top Deck when I was still with Swinerton. So, I was at that job Fourth and Broadway. Uh, it's called Perla. It's a 36-story condo building right in downtown. And um, I had been there since inception, right? So I was there since it was a hole in the ground. And um, I didn't, I hadn't met Top Deck until about a year, I want to say a year and a half in. So we had we had a tower crane um, and they had approached um, our Swinerton at the time, our uh, director of support, which does a lot of the innovation stuff uh, for Swinerton in, in the OCLA office area. And um, he was actually the family friend that had gotten me uh, introduced to Swinerton originally. So we were close already. And this company, TopTech, was looking for a pilot project to, to do, right? And it was going to be free of charge. Hey, we want to mount cameras on your tower friends. Okay, so he hits me up, says, hey, I think your job's going to be, um, you know, a good opportunity for this. So let's give it a go. Can you manage it? Sure, why not? So they come by the site and uh, I meet with them. And, um, you know, we do a little discussion and whatnot, and they're like, hey, we're going to throw some cameras on your tower crane, and uh, it's going to provide, basically at the time, I mean, it really started as just live streaming of your top deck, which is where the name comes from, obviously, right? Um, and, but gives you archive of the video, does automatic time lapses, stuff like that. So it was like, sure. I mean, hey, we're not paying for it. Why not? So we did that. And then over the next eight months, um, I started meeting with the CEO of the company, his name's John, and um, we started meeting just to discuss potential opportunities for further development of the product. Hey, 
what else do you guys like what else did we want to see other than you know just live streaming and basic stuff like that it was like hey and i started just asking questions like hey well can you guys you know can you guys do overlays you know and, and run concrete analysis on on pre-pour um you know for all the uh, the cans and everything else it was uh, yeah sure we can we can work on that okay can we do manpower tracking yeah we can do that and then these conversations just kind of developed into a really strong relationship between me and and the ceo of the company and so after you know about eight to ten months of of doing that um he offered me you know a position and it was you know i'd been doing the general contracting thing for about five years and it's I mean, it's not for the, the faint hearted. It's, it's a lot of work, you know, you're working anywhere from 60 to 80 hours a week. I mean, you're there, you're up at four in the morning. I was on the train. I'll take, I live right here on the train tracks in Fullerton, Orange County. So I'd take the train all the way to downtown, um, get there at five 30 and I wouldn't be home until, you know, six 37, but that's just what it takes to build uh, a building like that. You know, it's a lot of work. And so right. you know, I'd been doing it for a while and, and, I started to get really excited about the potential of making a difference in the construction industry that was bigger than just one project. And that was what really grabbed me. And it was, hey, you know, yes, right now I'm changing the skyline, right? I'm changing the skyline in downtown LA. And I can always drive by this building and say, hey, I'm the one that put time into that. Like, you know, I helped that team build that building. But this was an opportunity to help 15 to 20 buildings, you know, in the, in the downtown area and know all of them and potentially make the building process faster, more efficient, better. I mean, if you look at the, I, and because of this, I know a lot of statistics that are random. I mean, uh, building productivity has declined since like 1956 every year it, it goes down. And that that's because of a few reasons. I mean, the biggest one is these buildings are, that we're building are getting more complex right? They're getting way more complex. It's not like we're building, you know, they built the Empire State Building in, in one year. Yeah. One year. Absolutely wild. And that's like a hundred store, you know, and now we can't build a building and, you know, that's 36 stories in three. I mean, it's, it's cause we're building a different level of building. It's way more complicated. And we're paying a complex. little more attention to safety. Just exactly. Just to... No, exactly. <laughs> and that all goes into it. Right. But the thing is, is the way we're building hasn't changed much. Like the fundamentals of how we're building, what we're building has changed, but the fundamentals of the way we're doing things has not really changed. And so that's where I was like, you know what, this is where I can make a big difference. And so that's what really grabbed me. And so, um, you know, he offered me the job and I was like, all right, you know what, I'm young. I was, 26 at the time. And I was like, let's do it. You know, why not? And so I hopped over and um, obviously, you know, took the role of director of sales and business development and um, <laughs> which is going to lead us to our next, our next point of <laughs> sales in, in construction is not sales like it is, you know, in, in maybe software sales or, or consumer goods or anything like that. It is, it is completely different. Right. And yep. I'm sure you know this, you've heard a lot of it. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, granted the, the first hurdle is, I mean, you've, you've met 150 million super <laughs> superintendents in your life and PMs and like 90% of their job is to negotiate bid contracts right. and trades and 
material and everything under the sun. Exactly. So you're you're already going into to the the thunderbolt right right, yeah. right away, right? It's not like you're yeah. you're calling on on guys who work in marketing and just want some platform for their team to work better that don't really care about that right. budget, things like that. But um, yeah, I found that out pretty quickly, pretty damn quick working in construction. But yep. I felt at the same time, you you were more respected in your profession. I think just like in construction, there's a lot of animosity to salespeople. There's a lot of preconceived ideas there's a lot of words like, you know, snakes and all this that are being thrown around <laughs> because yep. every person calling you to sell you something has to be lying to you about something. Right. right. Um, but I, I, there was, there was a more mutual respect calling in as a sales professional into construction professionals, because in the very least, I, I felt like people were like, man, I know, I know you're just doing your job. Like whether I want your product, I want your material. I know that this is what you do and this is your grind. And in the very least, I'll give you, you know, five minutes of my precious time just because right. I respect you, um, which was kind of the first level that I really enjoyed about working in, in sales, B2B kind of construction sales is, is that mutual respect right off the bat, which I assumed I was going to, like I said, go into the Thunderdome I'm going to talk to these rough and tumble guys that, you know, are going to hang up on me and curse at me nonstop. And that simply right. wasn't the case. I mean, come on, it's sales that happens, but that was one thing that I, I noticed really quickly um, being coming into this world and, and talking to these people, I think, and I'd love to hear what, especially kind of both sides of the, the coin yeah. where you're coming from, where I think they're, from that from that real passion and what I see motivating people to work in construction comes a true interest in using your hands and what you're doing and the change that you're making. So on the other side, if you come in with a lot of curiosity and genuine curiosity, right, to that to that sales conversation or to that project or or a genuine I'm trying to help, right? I think everyone who just listened yeah. to you, Mitch, say, I I saw an opportunity to really change something that I loved. When you come in with that, that's picked up on and they will answer questions. They will give you guidance. They will, you know, talk about placing concrete for 45 minutes and they have great pride in what they're doing and they love to, yeah. to you know, bust chops about it and talk about it. But yeah. That is something that I don't think you get anywhere else. Um, right, right there, just that human nature of like, oh, I can tell this guy Noah is calling and he's really like he's genuinely curious about how we're going to meet the deadline for said bridge expansion or whatever, you know, we're talking about. Right. Um, I'll give I'll give this this guy some of my time. Right. Whether I want his whatever he's selling or not. Um, right. I'll talk to him and inform him and let him know that I'm also prideful in what I'm doing. Is that something that, yeah. that you brought over and, and moreover kind of hundred percent. Yeah. Hold your I mean, team? It, <laughs> it's, you know, I felt that, well, okay. So, I mean, at the, at the core of the construction industry, right. Is, is built on relationships and everyone knows that because like you said earlier, everyone's a snake. 
and they're out for their bottom line. And this is, and I'm not saying that, you know, definitively, right? Everyone thinks everyone else is a snake, right? Right. I'm not saying that they are, um, but that's the mentality that has been built over hundreds and hundreds of years of building. You know, Swinerton's been around for 138 years now or whatever it is. And you, you develop this hard shell around you of getting burned by people. And so just because of that, you end up taking everyone's new people coming in. Oh, I don't know you or, and you, you sound just like a sales guy. You know, I'm not going to listen to you. You're just trying to screw me over. You're just trying to sell me a product. I don't need whatever it is, you know, coming from where I did, I found that it was really valuable to have that experience and, and just the relation. And I mean, everyone knows each other, you know, at least regionally, like, you know, there's almost everyone I talk to, they know someone that I know, or I know someone that they know. And, and somehow we're making a connection. Hey, yeah, I worked on this project. Oh yeah. We were bidding on that project, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I mean, it was tough. It was, you know, hard. And, and then they start to understand like, okay, this guy gets our needs. And what this really pushes into is a lot of technology companies in the construction space are taking technology and trying to shove it into construction, not the other way around, not take construction problems and build technology to solve them. Right. And that is what we focus on because the other way around doesn't work. It right. doesn't work. They don't want to hear it. You know, it's like, Hey, Oh, wow. You developed some great new tech, you know, like really cool. Oh, what, what industry can we try and shove this into square peg in a round hole and, and make some money. It's like, it doesn't work that way. You know, I mean, it may work for a little while, but it's not going to be a successfully adopted approach or product in the industry because the, the industry is too, uh, too grunt for that, you know? you need to look at the problems that real construction jobs are having and then develop your, your uh, technology around that. Right now you're, you're affecting their workflow. You're making their lives easier and you're making things, you know, rather than spending two hours on something, they're spending 20 minutes on it, right? That's where they're going to listen to you. And you come in with that approach when you're selling, you know, and, we talked about, you know, you talked about earlier, just the whole sales thing. I mean, something that I picked up on within the general contracting community, even is there's no salespeople in a general contracting firm. There's no such thing as a salesperson. They're all business development managers, business development directors, because it's not a sales. It's not sales. It's I'm building a relationship with you. I'm building the relationship with the subcontractor. I'm building a relationship with you know, the owner, the developer, whatever it is. And it's not just going to be, Hey, boom, signs you send me a check and I'm never going to talk to you again. Cause that's not how it works. It's not a normal sales cycle, you know? And so I think a lot of people in this sector overlook that. And, but it's probably one of the most important things to pay attention to because that's how you're going to get through to people. You're, you're not making a sale, you're building a relationship. And yes, is there going to be a transaction of money for a service? Of course there is, but that, that can't be the focus. You know, it cannot be what you're focused on and then boom, they never see my name again. They never hear from me again. I mean, I, I talk to our clients all the time. It's like, Hey, how are things going? What's going on? They right. call me, Hey, something's going wrong on this job site. What's can, can you connect with your developers and see what's happening? Of course. Yeah. Let's take care of it. So it's like a combination of customer success, customer happiness, and also furthering relationship because the amount of time it takes to land a new customer, right? A new general contractor is a long time. But if you make that customer happy, 
you're going to get all the jobs down the line, right? Because they want to use you because the customer success is there. The customer happiness is there. Customer service is there. And so, I mean, it's really like a 60, 40 split between just make, keeping everyone that we're with, you know, making sure they're happy because we know that's going to be business coming in and that we can support them. And then 40% going out and trying to find, uh, you know, new partners to, uh, to join with that, that really fit with us. And, and we've never taken the approach of, Hey, let's just get a giant list from ENR 400, you know, and blast out emails to everyone. Cause that just, it doesn't work. It's going to go unanswered. Um, it's really about, Hey, let's research this general contractor or concrete sub and see if they're going to be a good match for us because we'd rather have 10 really solid customer, you know, really solid partners versus 30 sporadic here and there, you know, guys. Right. So, cause yeah. again, it's relationships. I mean, there's, there's so much that you just said, I could, I could revert back to every sentence. Um, one thing, and, and I think you're completely right in the sense that it, I've never really heard it said the way you said it, where it's, it's business development, right? It's, it's not sales one time. Thanks. I'm gone. And I think that's really important for salespeople and all the salespeople out there trying to get into construction sales in any mm -hmm. way. These are like, and and I don't want to I don't want to miss say it and say that it's kind of like an old school sale, right? Like the the go grab a beer, wine and dine, don't really talk about sales, and then like the deal will come through when it comes through because I think we're all better than that now, right? We all have right. time constraints that that is not privy like good for, um, right. but. It is about a sense of, of loyalty to that job and that person and them going out on a, on a limb to make something work that they hadn't done before and assisting them along the way. I think there isn't a an idea of a challenger sale in construction where anyone's going to resonate with Hey, my name's Noah. I'm smarter than you. You've been doing it wrong for the past 35 years. And don't worry. I have the answer of how you've been doing <laughs> it wrong and I can make it better. Right. That's right, just right, right, right. something that is going to get you absolutely nowhere. But at the same time, like what you were saying, and this is a point I want to, I want to talk about is this mentality of, oh, it's construction, um, you know, we, we, we move slower than everyone else is something you can push on because I don't necessarily, and this is my humble opinion, I think it's just a state of mind. I don't think it's necessarily true besides project bids and timelines and things like that, of course, but you were willing to be the guinea pig to try these cameras, no cost to you to further the industry as a whole. And I think having... As, as a superintendent, as a PM, having blinders on and a negative idea towards anything, right? Because we are, there are companies out there like Top Deck, like TouchPlan that, that are really trying to save you, like what you described and what I described is the first hurdle is like that grassroots level where we're getting right. you home to your kids sooner. We're making your life easier. We're making your guys safer. We're getting them home. Like we can talk about BI dashboards and we can talk about all this crazy technology, but ultimately that's where you're going to get the in 
to let allow people to see value right off the bat. But there are blinders with the prospects that we call and, and, and construction professionals that, in your opinion, do you think that's hurting the industry or hindering the industry from, from really finding those golden companies that could, could really excel the industry, right? If you never would have tried those cameras, the company itself might not be where they are now right. with all the improvements. So I, I highly encourage everyone out there to, to try technologies with people that they trust, but I would love to hear kind of your opinion on that and, and how you found you can get in the door easier to get them to try things out or a, a resistance to trying new technologies. Yeah, this is um, a huge part of what I have to deal with, you know. So construction um, as a whole is the second slowest industry to adopt technology, um, only second to agriculture. Every other industry across the board adopts technology at a faster rate than, than construction does, right? And if you look at construction, it's been around longer than everything except agriculture, <laughs> you know? And so it's, that's, and that's where the problem is, you know, because in, in the line that I love to use is we have reached our limits for, for experience-based building. If you look at a construction job site or a construction team or a general contracting company, typically, and this isn't across the board, but typically the guy with the most years under his belt is the most experienced, right? And he's the guy that should make the decisions because he's built the most buildings. He's seen the most, you know, the most uh, floors go up. He's seen the most this. And so he knows the most. Well, that's great and all, but we've reached the limit to where that is going to be the most efficient way to build. Just because you've been doing something 35 years in a row the same way doesn't mean it's the best way to do it. The problem is we don't have a viewpoint to see what's going to be better. Now we do right now. And, and this is obviously with the structure for the most part, that's what we're dealing with is, is each floor going up. Um, interiors is a, is another issue, but we've got companies like open space and, and others that are working on, on solutions like that, which is great. Um, but I mean, now that you're looking at it from a, a bird's eye view, right. From a camera on a crane or whatever it is, a neighboring building. Um, and then obviously run through an, an artificial intelligence platform that's analyzing, you know, what your square footage per hour is on, on shoring, decking, uh, concrete pours what your manpower is to make sure, you know, the, the hours that you're paying is actually producing the amount of work that you need versus, um, you know, a 40% waste. You have no idea, right? How are you going to look at that? You're not, you're going to be like, Hey, I've been scheduling 30 guys for a poor day for this many square feet for my entire career. That's what we're going to do. It's like, yeah, but you're wasting 40%. You could shave that down by 30. You still have 10% waste just in case something happens. And now you're saving 30% on your bottom line done. It's that easy. I mean, it really is that easy. And so, but if you're not looking at it in this way and people don't want to, right? Because no one likes to be told what to do. They hate it. Yeah. It's, I, it's This is a, a conversation that I have with every new salesperson, with anyone in our company talking about resistance to technology. And, and I, I would love to dissect it with you a bit where I see such a pushback from acceptance of technology at, at that level, right. Of the, the senior super who's been around for 45 years. And mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm 
kind of cynical or <laughs> what it may be, but I really see it being a threat to what they view as their professional value and worth. And it's right. in their head and it's their experience. And if a technology can do that, what good am I? And why would I invite the wolf into the hen house and, and screw myself <laughs> when yeah. I'm 10 years from retiring? Like, no way. Like, I am valuable. Right. And I've been told I'm valuable my entire career. Where on the flip side of that is, I don't know if you're like a Formula One guy, right? It's like no driver in the history of Formula One is going to be like, I would prefer my car from 20 years ago because this new right, technology exactly. that makes me go yeah. faster makes me yeah. less valuable. It's like, yeah, no, that's a great way it's the other it. way around, right? Yeah. Um, what What do you think about that? Just like, yeah, they I, don't I, have the right tools. They right. don't have the right tools. And, and, but the thing is that they don't know that these tools exist. And so it's, it's not their fault, right? They're doing, they're incredible at their jobs. These guys are the most brilliant people. I, I mean, I've met several of them that became my mentors and just the amount of knowledge that, are, that is in their heads, you know, that it's like, if all of a sudden you give them this tool, you supercharge them, right? You go from, you know, back to formula one, you go from 800 horsepower to a thousand, just like that done. But it's, it's the presentation of this new technology is where this, you know, the sale either happens or doesn't, right? You come in saying, Hey, I can do it better, blah, blah, blah. You're going to get sh the door shut on your face. Right. But if you come in and say, Hey, we want to partner with your team and, and how we really looked at it was ESPN, right. Or, or sports sports review, right? Like these guys, these professionals, uh, professional football players, right? Whatever it is, the best in their, you know, at their game, the best in the field, right? Whatever it is. And they're going out and they're playing. Well, what do they do after they watch game film? Hey, what did I do wrong here? How can I be better? That's what we're doing. We're showing you where pinch points are that you can't possibly know about because no one can when it's happening in real time. It's just not possible. It's not your fault. It's no one's fault. It's just no one's ever looked at it in this way. We're giving you the edge that doesn't exist when you're building how you've been building for a hundred years, you know, because right. this edge wasn't there. Now it is. And so why don't, you know, now you take this information and we've gotten really great adoption from it. I mean, because who doesn't want to be better, right? It almost becomes a, Hey, we want to see how did I do today? What, what was my productivity today? And these, these teams are like, really buying into it and becoming competitive with themselves like hey because these guys take pride in what they do i mean th this is one of the jobs where it's like man they're working with their hands there is so much pride that goes into these buildings and it's it's capitalizing on that pride to make them better that is where we've really found great success but i mean if you don't approach it that way and you come in as big brother you know like oh we're gonna we can make you better and and you know, you're not good enough, blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's just no chance. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. And and it, it is it is a struggle, right? Like you mentioned, there's a million technology companies out there calling everyone all the time. Um, I would argue that it probably used to be material companies calling superintendents and calling. Right. But now it's technology companies and there there is kind of been and why our two companies are, are talking about partnership is there is kind of this this overflow and where we're we're not great at one thing we can be we can help um, in that community to to be great at all things um, but it, it is a shame that kind of I think one of the things 
I want to go back to is we're we're we've been because we're we're both salespeople or ex salespeople. We're talking about techniques to make things resonate and to be able to show this utopia without calling their baby ugly, right? And and all of these <laughs> tactics. But to construction professionals listening and and to to everyone else listening, really, uh, when it comes to a salesperson calling you, if there is some type of genuine approach to something you haven't heard before, it's like, just listen. Our, our time is super valuable, but you'll be able to figure out whether it's BS or not in a matter of 10 minutes, and 10 minutes right. isn't going to change your life. And I think what's important about Top Deck and the company that I work for, TouchPlan and, and other companies out there, is reverting back to the construction problems and developing a solution. And when you already have one solution, you're trying to better a product, getting companies in the door that are your current clients, that are your prospective clients, and listening to them and the problems that they're not solving with your technology. If a company is not doing that, they're doing the exact opposite, which is selling you something that they believe you need. Yeah. And I would just like to hear some of the, the things. So first of all, I'll give you a chance to kind of maybe explain Top Deck a little yeah. more, just so everybody understands. In my yeah. opinion, if you're a superintendent, at the very least, buy Top Deck so you can see the time-lapse videos of you and all your guys scrambling around and building a building in two and a half minutes which is just, I, I've watched about 80 of your, you guys' videos, just mesmerizing, but, um, you know, and, and, and then after you kind of explain that, I'd love to hear feedback that you've gotten that's been great and changed the face of the company or the product that you work for and some that don't work, right? One problem for one guy yeah. is not going to be a problem for everyone, and we need to mm -hmm. address a market in an intelligent way and not just listen to everyone even though we're not going to silence everyone. So I know right. that's a lot on your plate, but I'm no, going to start that. Um, yeah. So top deck, I mean, from in the most basic, basic sense, um, going back to what I was explaining earlier when, when, you know, I demoed them is just a either cameras mounted on your tower crane on the mast. We do jib installs as well um, or neighboring buildings. If you don't have a tower crane, um, but the basic service is live streaming 24-7 for with unlimited users, um, plus archive video that you can search by day and time, and then time lapses um, developed every day that you can download, do whatever you want with. So that's like super basic, right? From there, <clears throat> that was what it was when I started. Then now we've developed into an product, it's a productivity platform, right? Well, we're doing um, productivity analysis on typically concrete. Uh, repetitive, you know, high-rise buildings. We also do um, bridges, stuff like that, where we're looking at your crews. We're looking at, you know, depending on the cyclical activities, whether it's pile driving, uh, whether it's your shoring, whether it's your decking, uh, your verticals, your rebar, and, and we're providing you with next to real-time results on what your team is doing. Now, this is going to factor directly into, you know, your budget line items. You can look at, hey, where am I losing money? Where am I saving money and why? Because it's all tying back to video, you know, so you can always see, hey, what's going on here? Why did this happen? And then you can make changes on it. Um, the other thing we do also is is crane analytics. So we'll, we've got, you know, a camera at the end of the jib um, that's following the hook. 
and it's creating an entire uh, schedule for all your picks the entire day, what your crane utilization is, um, and, and all that good stuff. We're also right now developing um, deck analysis, which is we're looking to have a, a turnaround of about an hour to two hours. That's we're working on for a project that's starting up in April. Um, so that would be anything from, you know, your pre-pour, you got all your cans, your rebar, uh, your embeds, your block outs, and we're doing running analysis on anything missing or if anything's greatly out of place. You're getting a report saying, hey, go fix this, 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 and this uh, before you pour your concrete so you're not spending 5,000 bucks to core and, you know, resupport, whatever it is. So there's that. that's like our basic package. I mean, obviously we've got a suite of stuff. We're, you know, only about two years old. So we love to work with companies on, on new, new stuff that they're looking for. Again, like you were saying earlier, Hey, what, what problems do you have and how can we help solve them? Um, so that is kind of who we are. And then what was the next part of the, the question? So, you know, just that, that customer feedback that you just mentioned. And right. I, one, one thing is, to everyone who is a customer of, of a technology is that that can be insanely valuable. Like it's really solid feedback can change the roadmap for a platform to a way that sky's the limit. So I guess yeah. something that really kind of changed the way you guys either look at your platform, the use case of the platform or improvements mm -hmm. throughout um, and kind of what was the real world example um, and, yeah. and what changes you made. Absolutely. So, um, I mean, the biggest example that I have and, you know, depending on where you are in the U S you may have heard of them or not, they're Webcore, uh, Webcore contractors, huge general contractor on the West coast. Um, they also have a big self-performed concrete division and we've had a long going relationship with, with them for about a year and a half now. And we are on every single job that they do hands down. We're on every job. We are doing our analytics on the concrete. Um, it's like we've become, it's a staple within uh, their budget with us. Right. And that was, that's been the biggest, the biggest like supporting factor um, and just having a, a contractor that's, you know, top three in the, or uh, on, on the West coast, uh, be that big of an adopter and believe in it that much which is spread to us working a bunch with Morley. Uh, we're now working with Swinerton. I mean, we're starting to get in, but it's it's the productivity analytics on the, on the self-performed concrete um, that has really resonated uh, across, just because general contractors are starting to self-perform more and more. And because that's where a huge chunk of money comes from. You know, they can save a ton of money and make a ton of money doing that work on their own, especially in the high rise, uh, department. And so, I mean, if you can control that from the GC down through your self-perform group, then you just increase your profit margin by, you know, five to 10% potentially. <clears throat> and so that's been huge. Um, we've also uh, ventured out to Texas working on um, a few different types of uh, productivity analysis, more based on a macro level versus a micro level, just on concrete. Now we're looking at um, scheduling wise, as far as, Hey, when does your plumber get in to do his sleeves? When does your layout guy get there? When are you pouring? When are you doing, you know, when is your shoring going up? When is your decking going up? Can we, you know, maybe lap these guys together and then you'll save four, four hours on this day. So you're not paying overtime. 
So we're starting to do work like that and also partnering uh, with their subcontractor who's doing the concrete. So that's been a big thing as well. Um, but other than that, I mean, people just love having the visibility of their job site. I mean, Noah, you think, hey, you're building a 36 story, let's say, right? You've got two man lifts for three to 400 guys working at one time, you know, in the building. Right. Okay. That's not a lot. And let's say you're even just on level 25. You've got interiors going in on the lower floors. You've got windows going into the lower floors. You still have a live deck up top. So you're pouring concrete or you're doing layout or you're doing shoring or you're doing decking, rebar, whatever it is. Your crane's going. I mean, you're in full swing. Okay. Now you look at, all right, where's the job site office? Okay. Job site office is across the street. All right. So you're there. You got your senior superintendent. You got your, your exterior superintendent, your interior superintendent, and then you got your structure superintendent. Okay. Well, senior superintendent um, has a lot going on, right? But he wants to know what's happening. Well, he wants to know what's happening. And he's like, well, where's the deck at? Well, structure superintendent's not there. He's not sure. Okay. Now he's got to walk across the street. He's got to wait 20 minutes for the man lift. He's got to get up there which takes a while because he's got to make 19 stops on the way to pick other people up and drop them off. Then he gets up there, then he walks around, walks, you know, wherever to look at the one thing he wants to look at, sees it, okay, walks back, waits another 20 minutes for the man lift, gets in, takes another 18 stops to get down, walks back, boom, you just wasted an hour and a half of your day to see one thing. Or you've got a camera up there that has 25X optical zoom. And you go, rant, rant. you zoom in and you look exactly what you need to see. I mean, it's saving people so much time and don't get me wrong, the, 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 the first reaction I get to that is from executives and stuff. Well, I want my guys in the field. No, of course you do. Of course you want your guys in the field, but you don't want them in the field wasting two hours getting up there to look at one thing. They know when they need to be there and they know when they don't, right? And that is the visibility of the job site has saved teams, I mean, thousands of hours easily just by oh, yeah. having it there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, that, that's, a, that's a good point you bring up too is – we're we're a cloud-based software, right? You you can theoretically replan a look ahead from Florence, Italy, and have it to the guys in the field in San Francisco instantaneously. And I right. think the idea of cloud-based or technology immediately gets people to think, well, nobody's going to be rubbing shoulders, nobody's going to be talking. And I think that might be true for those technologies that we mentioned before, that were technologies pushed into construction. Mm -hmm. But firms that really have it in line know that that's important, know that that's what people want. Um, one thing I, I did want to touch on and kind of the spirit of, of technology partnerships and things of that nature is when we look at a construction job, I think part of the reason people don't really get it is they don't understand how complicated, how many balls are in the air, what's going on and really how astonishingly detailed and nuanced everything is um, just by the 80 things that are happening, right? You mentioned like we have 300 guys in the field. We have two man lifts. We have 18 guys doing this, 17 guys doing this. We're installing, you know, fit out on one through three and we're installing windows through four through eight and blah, blah, blah. There's a right. lot going on with that in, in technology there's a million people solving a bunch of different problems. And I think there's a growing fear of not only I'm going to have 70 technologies, all of which are going to just like overwhelm me, 
right. also there's a fear of a lot of overlap. Like, well, if I buy this whole suite of things, they, they, we kind of can do this, but not as well as the guys who are really focused on doing it. Like I wish right. they could connect and I'm sure you hear a billion times, right? Well, you know, we're using this document management platform. We're using this master scheduling platform. How do you speak to that? Or everyone's favorite word, whether they know what it means or not, is integration, right? <laughs> How do you <laughs> yeah. integrate? Um, yeah. I, I just want to kind of take that in a little bit because in, in my experience, companies that do it all do nothing really, really well, right? If they're trying right. to do everything, they don't do one thing out of all those things as best as you should have in your job. But right. on the, the other end is, well, if that's the case, then I'm going to have 40 different technologies. So right. what we really think at, at my company is, well, TopDeck's doing something better than everyone else. How do we work with them? And I, I, I would just want to talk about this because I don't think it's something that everyone that's being sold to or that's a client of knows that we do in the background where there are companies that realize that we're we're never getting into the the 25x camera game right like <laughs> touch plan we're never going to do that and and we're never going to get into other assets or or aspects of a job but we do talk to each other um and we try to make companies that really have Mitch, your your mentality of making this industry better, it's important to us to to create a community. Um, and I just want to kind of know your feelings on on that in terms of technology. One company trying to do everything, and yep. other companies integrating, and where you see that escalating into the industry. I think um, so. Great question because. It really depends um, on how a company responds to, you know, a, let's say, you know, us, Top Deck, right? We had, let's say a year ago when we were pretty new. <clears throat> I mean, we're still pretty new, but even then we were way newer, right? And we've got a customer going like, hey, can you do this? And it's like, you want to be a yes man, right? Because you're trying to, and, and it can be a very dangerous game, especially coming Agreed. from the 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 person doing this the sales and I, of course i want to say yes because i'm scared if i say no the conversation is going to end right and so but that can get you into some deep water and some trouble and i mean we even ventured into the security side of things right <clears throat> where we're running security on a job site and we had to develop that for just one job site and now we have it but it's like are we as efficient as all the established uh security providers um, that are in the greater Los Angeles area? No, not, we're not. It's, it's hard for us to do. Does the system work really well? Absolutely it does, but it's not something we can deploy like we can everything else. So now you find yourself with a limited team trying to develop all these different things to make one person happy here, one person happy there, one person happy there. And you end up with a bunch of mediocre products that don't solve any problems that you want it to, right? So we have started to take a step back um, and this started about six months ago. Where I was like, all right, we know where we're at. We know what we're good at, right? This is what we're going to focus on. Can we bend and sway a little bit for certain customers? If we think that it's going to be a long lasting product that the industry doesn't have already that, that it needs. 
right? So security, for example, is it something we'll do one-off for people? Absolutely. Is it something we're going to continue to develop? No, it's not. Now, this deck layover thing, is it something that exists in the industry? No, it doesn't. I mean, there were companies trying to do it. The problem is the turnaround time on it was like eight hours, which is useless because they're already pouring concrete by then. So it doesn't matter. Now that doesn't exist. So we know that there's a void in the market where we can make an impact, right? And so that's something we're going to focus on and continue focusing on the productivity and everything else that we're doing. Now, when it comes to partnering with people, 100%, I mean, it makes no, like we're never going to get into the, the pull planning, you know, cloud service, but the information that we're gathering is so critical to schedule. That's the whole point. Now, instead of, you know, superintendents looking at the information we're giving them, it can feed right into your system. And now it's all integrated into one. I mean, you look at it as a product, it's a product line, right? It's a manufacturing line. I, I mean, I, I hate to reference construction in a manufacturing sense. A lot of people like to, because I don't think it's true. But if you look at it from a very macro basic level, it is one thing happens and the next thing happens and the next thing happens. There's a crap ton of stuff that happens in between there that you can't control, which is why manufacturing doesn't apply to this because manufacturing is 99% controlled. Um, but in the, in the bigger sense of things, it is. So if you can find your partners that come before you and after you in that product line, then why not partner with them? Why not create a great setup for your customer where if they were using a and C, why not plug B right in the middle and make it a smooth process? You know, and there's there's going to be a bite of the pie for everyone. But once you start trying to take the whole bite, <laughs> you're not going to get served. It's just not going to happen. Right. And and it, it just never works well. Yeah, never it doesn't. Works, never works well. Um, so I, I know we're coming up on time now. I just wanted to um thank you for jumping on i i had a great time kind of chatting with you um i hope we get to do this again i yeah, I'll, I'll come out to la and we'll i'm a i'm a new york city kid growing up oh, right so on. la is has always been you know the arch nemesis of of, of new york. <laughs> except for boston right. and i moved there so who knows <laughs> what the future holds at this point but yeah yeah. Again, yeah. thank you, you guys um, over at Top Deck for doing what you're doing. It's great stuff. Um, and we look forward to, to working together and getting some things going. But again, thanks for jumping on. Right on. Appreciate it. No, I had a great time. It's a lot of cool. fun. I'll talk to you soon.